Thanks for tuning in to Gin and Tantra. In this episode, we bring on friend of the show, Todd Love Ball Jr. Todd is known as so much to so many. Author of a new book titled Kasha's Love Purpose, husband of over 20 years, father of two, professional fitness trainer and coach, bodybuilder, and a pillar of international relations. We not only detail the story of his new book, but we discuss interracial love, cross-cultural experiences, connecting parts of our identity and the power of love in one's life. A link to Todd's newest book, Cautious Love Purpose, can be found in the description of this podcast, as well as a contact page for him and his wife on Facebook. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Jen and Tantra, spirituality with a twist. The podcast that takes Tantrism, Buddhism, Taoism, Sufism, Kabbalism, Shamanism, Chinese medicineism, <laughs> and all of the other isms we've been influenced by, and blends them into a tall, crisp, cool cocktail. Your spirit has been longing for. I want you to get together. Now isn't that refreshing? I want you to get together. Hey fellow GNTers, those of us who like our spirituality with a twist. So as you will have heard from Daniel's intro, if you're listening to the podcast, we have on uh, we have the pleasure of having on friend of the show and previous guest on the show to talk about his new book, Kasha's Love Purpose. Uh, thanks so much coming for coming on, Todd Loveball Jr. Of course, I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course, it's excellent. So it's nice to meet you after getting to know you through the episode that you and Daniel did. Uh, we talked a little pre-show behind the scenes. And we wanted to start with just a really big question, kind of of what inspires you in your writing and what inspired you to write. So we'll throw it out to you and, and kind of start big. Uh, yeah. So uh, growing up, I was a, a big athlete. I was a big football player. But in my heart, I was a spiritual writer. I loved writing poems. I loved entertainment. I thought I was going to be the next R&B singer. Um, and I just had a passion for journaling, writing notes. And as I got older, people kept telling me, no, you can't do that. You're a football player. You're an athlete. You're a trainer. Just put the book down. Uh, in the background, eventually, I finally got to just putting my writing out there. And not so much the first book, but the second book, I got lucky. Some publishing companies liked my style of writing. Uh, but overall, my main, main focus is my wife, really. My motivation of writing is my relationship with my wife. Some of the experiences that we've been through where she's from Poland different cultures uh, different upraising she basically raised me as a husband a father um, and so a lot of the motivation a lot of the stuff you especially in this latest book that you will see is she's the foundation of it yeah, it's interesting to me because I, I felt like in the interview and then looking at your books and We'll talk about this one, but I kind of peek some of the other ones too, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just to get the feeling of the overall kind of trend of your writing. And mm -hmm. there was a sort of interesting question to me of sort of like finding identity too throughout it. And 
you know, when you listen to these interviews, one of the things we hope is that you hear other people's stories and little parts kind of resonate. So no kidding. My dad had a football scholarship too. He was a uh, part of like the Chicago vocational school where Dick Buckus went. And he was okay, like a couple cool. years before Dick Buckus. So I've, I've always mm -hmm. had the thought if I ever meet Dick Buckus, I'm just curious if you remember my dad because <laughs> he was captain <laughs> of the team and they won state. So maybe he would, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, but you know, he went and, uh, maybe in some way similar to part of what you experienced, he came out as an athlete and mm -hmm. uh, he went to Kansas and then he got clipped and he blew out his knee. Oh. And when he lost his uh, football identity, he kind of wasn't sure what to do with himself because he had kind of grown up with this athletic identity. And he kind of talked about pretty honest. He came back and said it was hard because, you know, he had this whole identity built around athletics and he had to kind of like find a different part of himself, which I felt was something that you had talked about even in the other episode too. Actually, dead on. It you're. We have the same experience. My dad went through the college ranks, busted his knee. Oh. Uh, he was he was for sure living vicariously through me, and I think that was the dynamic part of me being pushed to be a football player because he didn't reach his dream. He ended up getting a scholarship, San Diego State. Right when he went to the Rams training camp, he busted up oh. his knee. Um, fast forward to that identity was kind of transferred down to me. So I've. I, I'm not going to say I was a confused kid, but um, the artist in me just wouldn't go away, even though I did end up pursuing the fitness realm of football. Um, I still always kept the passion for writing. And my wife over the years always kept feeding passions, our stories. I mean, I, I never thought I would go to Poland and I've been to Poland because of my wife. I never thought I'd go to Kenya and do mission work. She was the motivation behind that. So it's a big topic. I'm sure people are going to watch this and go, man, he's obsessed with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about before the, before we started the record on the podcast, there are good obsessions. <laughs> it's good. Yes. There I, are healthy, I, good obsessions. I right? won't get put in the crazy house just yet. Not yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Todd, you've been, you mean, you, you, you mentioned this um, just now, like this is not, so th this is your third book or your. This is number three. Yes. This is your third book. So, you know, every, every story has, um, its own journey mm -hmm. within the creative process, right? But yes. then there's also kind of like a life process happening simultaneously because we don't exist in it. It's like you're a working dude. You got yeah. you have a wife, obviously. You have children. You have a business yeah. to run, a household to maintain, and so you're doing your writing right as life is happening. Um, yes. I always find it kind of fascinating to to hear not only like people's inspiration, which you know you said is a kind of like your wife and, and her and your journey together. If you would, and I'm going to ask you to do two things at once, so I, I apologize, you know? <laughs> I'll try. Um, okay, uh, so two, two at once. If if you would kind of talk about, like, you know, to give, because people, we, this is promotion for your book, right? You know, we, yes. we're interested in doing that, and people will watch, and, you know, uh, what's up to the Polish community, because I know they're going to, you know, support you on this, and, and <laughs> appreciate it, you know? Absolutely. Um, but if you would, you know, kind of talk a little bit about the story to people who who are unfamiliar with 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 you guys, which is more than not. But then also mm -hmm. like weave in a little bit of like life circumstances that were happening while you were writing maybe. And and my overall purpose of, of doing this is trying to give people an idea on how you could take like your life circumstance and channel them through something and, and make something out of it, you know? Uh, Man, if I, yes, I can sum one part up. Sure. I'm actually, right now I'm talking to you guys because of the book. I am, I have a school interview next week. Uh, I'm, people are meeting me for the first time and it's because of love, basically, mm. uh, the love between me and my wife, 
Um, we were going through some struggles after COVID with our business and it caused us to get stronger and get closer together. And the foundation of the book is interracial love. Um, I touch on spiritualness. I touch on the fact that no matter what's going on in life, especially in our case, if we focused on each other, things just started turning out for the good, man. My business slowly built itself back up. Uh, my wife had some health issues she got over. And as I, the more I put into this book, the better things got in life. And that is the theme of the book. So a quick synopsis, so to speak, would be yeah. a young man named Trevor, uh, his grandfather passes away who he was just building a relationship with. He doesn't know this, but he finds love letters from his grandfather's war days over in World War II. It's kind of interesting because it's not his grandma who the love letters are from. He mm -hmm. opens up the letters and he doesn't just read the letters. He ends up experiencing, falls into these letters and experiences each love. And he finds out what love's all about. As he's reading these letters, spiritual things start happening to him. He starts getting healthier. His business starts booming. Just great spiritual things start happening in life. His family life starts getting better. So he gets done reading the letters and he has to find out why all these spiritual things are happening and who is this love and he sends him on a journey all the way to poland to find out why these things are happening and i relate that synopsis because that is exactly uh what happened in my case me and my wife uh our circumstances of how we met i just i think it's destiny we mm. we ran into each other it, it it sounds boring but there's a destiny part to it we ran into each other at a bowling alley uh, I know not, nothing's crazy, but um, there was a movie that me and my guy were supposed to see. There was something that she was supposed to do. Both of those events got canceled and we ended up seeing each other and we said hello to each other on a whim. I couldn't even understand what she was saying. Our first three conversations because her accent was so strong. Um, but just as uh, we got as soon as we got together, I just knew we were meant to not just for us. There's the books called Kasha's Love Purpose. So there's a purpose for caution just not us getting married but us being together and making an impact mm. yeah there's a kind of uh okay oh, yeah no no i was i was just gonna say one more thing about maybe i can circle back to what daniel was saying as far as uh the carrying over life mm -hmm. this book is going to give me a platform for me to have better relations with polish people that might not understand uh black americans mm. Uh, and we can dive more into that, but um, there are a lot of Polish people that when we meet have a lot of cultural questions. We were, we were in Poland. I mean, they were looking at me like I was an alien and it wasn't racial. It was more curiosity. It was more trying to learn as I'm learning their culture and the fact that you don't see many black Americans that speak Polish. So mm -hmm. um there's a there's a lot to unpack with all in the book, uh, but the foundation was the love for my wife. Yeah, the cross cultural thing is really like spoke to me too. You know, again, you listen to interviews and you, you know, again, part of our idea is that you relate to different parts of the story. And so for me, I had this amazing experience back in the '90s where I met all of these people from the former former Soviet Union, just like boom. Mm -hmm. 
in some little weird twist, mm-hmm. <laughs> which eventually resulted in me having a couple of great kids and <laughs> a whole story <laughs> built out of like, you know, a whole cult- cross-cultural connection. And um, it was something kind of interesting, you know, because I all of a sudden was connected with a whole nother culture mm-hmm. that um, uh, I never would have had a connection to. I mean, it's funny in that, you know, my grandpa was from Russia, my grandma was from Poland. So I have mm-hmm. some whatever karmic roots going back there somewhere yeah. oh yeah for sure but it was interesting because i met all these people and they were you know, obviously very different and uh uh but wonderfully so and all of a sudden i kind of grew through knowing people from a different part of the world who just brought different thoughts ideas ways of looking at things into my life it was like it was like a transformative uh, little period for me, for sure. That continues on to the present day. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I relate to that cult- cross-cultural connection too. It's kind of deep, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, I still wake up and I'm still trying to learn the language. So I'm still uncovering stuff as an adult. M- my wife and I, uh, this will be coming up next year, will be 21 years of marriage. So there's 20 years of different experiences. Um, I, I tell the story all the time to some of my clients and family that growing up in high school, you learn about World War II, you learn it in your history books, never really thinking that you're going to go to Poland and actually be there. And when I was there, it was just kind of a, I, I, I had no words for it. I had no explanation. Um, I felt like I was meant to be there. I know I'm going to sound crazy when I start getting into that kind of stuff, but I felt um that me being there there was more purpose than just showing up in some small town in Poland and I just love the music and I feel like if I can be come 80% fluent I my impact can be even stronger hmm. yeah sometimes there's this feeling well one of the things about this particular podcast is no matter how no matter what you say it's not crazy <laughs> Right. You're still crazy on this podcast. I, I, I just feel like when I say it out loud, like, oh, who's this guy? I swear to God, I was just texting somebody today about this uh, and saying, you know, sometimes you got to like feel that inner thought that sounds a little crazy mm-hmm. and just like say it <laughs> and trust it because there's a truth to it, too, you know? And even if true. other people won't get it, you got to like, there's something in that. You can kind of feel that feeling like, oh, this is true, even though it might sound crazy to other people. Well, Todd, yeah. like I, we were when I was in Italy last month, uh, we went we went to a, a, a town in Tuscany and we were going to do a little bike tour, uh, but we had to kind of walk to the meeting place. And so as we're walking down the street, uh, I, I looked over at, at my fiance, Bridget, and I said, um, I can see in my mind Nazis walking on this road. She's like, well, that's weird. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't know. I could see it. Like I almost feel the ground shaking. And so then when the guy that we met at our guide, mm-hmm. we met him in like the town square. And he said, yeah, this whole area, just where we were, was mm-hmm. like where, how the Nazis came into their little town square. He showed us where they bombed this and they took that mm-hmm. out and whatever. So to your point, Eric, it's like, sometimes you get some, you know, some feeling and it's, it, there's, there's a flow, like you tap into it, you know, it's like turning a radio station. Uh, I, absolutely. I, I, so I really went through this, but I also put it in the book for an experience mm. with the main character when he first went to Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a restaurant that when we first went there, we're talking nobody for about 10 miles to the left. Nobody's about 10 miles to the right. There's this little old house 
and you pull up to this house and I told my wife, I'm like, Hey man, I'm, I'm hungry. What are we doing here? And we pull up to this house. This old lady comes out and she points to her mouth and says, you want to eat? I'm shaking my head. Yes. She holds my hand, drags me over to this, I mean, beautiful deck. The house is up upon a lake with a big mountain. You can't even see anything but the mountain and the lake. She tells me to sit down. She points at, there's like these old cardboard cutouts of pictures of fish and fries. She points at it, asks me what I want. I pointed at it. She brings me this beer, pours in this little syrup that I've never had before in my life, tells me to drink the beer while she waits for the food. She screams out at her husband, who's in the water fishing. The guy, <laughs> the guy screams out in, in victory, yells out. He's holding up fish. He walks up to me. He's got a stack of maybe four or five fish. And he's saying something in Polish. I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure it was, which one do you want now that I think about it? And I pointed out one of the fish. He took a big smile, walked back to the back. Man, 10 minutes later, him and his wife, they bring out this plate of fish, fries, beer. Here I am sitting with this beer I've never tasted, fish I've never had, looking out over an open water and view. And I'm, I'm about to eat. And wife is setting up. We're about to eat. The family, the couple that that is here, I guess this is, this, this is their job. They come, they bring their plates, they sit down at the table with us, and they have food with us. And, and talking Polish like, I, like I'm fluent. I knew nothing what they said, but the love, the love there and the concept of that, I will, I will never forget. I'm, I'm pretty sure that couple is not there anymore. This was maybe 12, 13 years ago, but um, it's, it's just cultural things like that. I'm not sure mm. I, I would see that anywhere else. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, I had parties like that I went to back in the day where people would be talking Russian. And I'm like, I don't think I know anything of what's being said. I could catch a word here or there. Yeah. Just the vibe of it. And yeah. a lot of times the warmth. There was one of the guys I knew from Georgia, but Europe, Georgia. And mm -hmm. uh, he would kind of go like, I respect you. Let's drink. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just like exactly yeah. like what you would oh, think. Boy. And you'd be like, okay, I respect you too. Yeah, I've been in a lot of would those. would say that to me in America. <laughs> you know, I respect yeah. you. Okay. Right. Cool. Yeah. I respect you too. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, funny. We went, we, it was funny. We went here. Cause I, you know, my, my ex-wife is Laotian. Her family's from lot, like from Laos, you know, and they, they speak Laotian. So it's like a totally different dialect. There's no, you know, I probably only know a handful of words, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But like, it took, it took a little bit for them to warm up to me, but then once they did, I couldn't understand, you know, what they're and some spoke English and some English was just like a, an accompaniment, like ketchup, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, there's just something about like being in a state where you're accepted mm -hmm. that transcends language, you know, and you you can have this, you know, a sense of camaraderie. And, and maybe maybe to your point, maybe we'll say that maybe I'll say the word that I want to say, right? There's love there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and whether it's, you know, and however the, those, you know, usually from us, it's from a, you know, uh, one lover to another lover and, and connecting with the family, you know, yeah. but maybe it could be in different situations too, not to just keep it to strictly romantic love, but to, you know, have things that transcend language, you know, mm -hmm. to really like kind of feel that connection that uh, the kind of like, you know, oneness, if you will, with other people who don't share language, don't share culture, never met them before. You know what I'm saying? That you could still feel like, oh, you guys still feel familiar, you know? Right. I, well, I, I feel that a lot uh, within the post community. I think most of it is because they know I love their culture. And the fact that I know a little Polish, it took the time to learn something. I get a lot of respect, especially from the babchas, the grandmas of the world. Mm -hmm. um, there's, I can, I always feel the love from them. There's never been a moment where 
there's not a respect the, that I don't uh, love my wife, but the culture. I'm big with mother-in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to like, uh, just like eat the pierogies and uh, the little pochkis and stuff yeah, like that? You know? There's only one pierogi that I like. It's the meat pierogi. And oh. my wife, for for me, my kids didn't like the Polish food, so I I only ate it a little bit. But uh, the pierogi, the meat pierogi, is my, one of the faves. Yeah, my uncle who passed away, he would make his own. Mm -hmm. You know, sit there in the kitchen. My brother would sometimes make them with him. You talk about mm -hmm. Polish culture. I could do the potato. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. That, I couldn't do one, the yeah. sauerkraut. You could never yep. get me to eat the sauerkraut. I just can't do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, uh, the other part that kind of jumped out to me, maybe between the two books, and I, and it's something that you alluded to earlier, so maybe I'll jump back to it, was you have a book called Love Against Society, mm. right? It's one of your other books. Yes. And you ask some, like, even in the intro, you ask these really interesting questions. And I think that comes through in your writing really strong to me, not that I've had a chance to read a ton of it yet, yeah. but, you know, in the segments I read, I'm like, okay, so we really... You write, you write from a very like heartfelt place. You're writing with a lot of feeling, obviously. And you're writing mm -hmm. from the point of view of like, you really have something you're trying to say. You know, you definitely have, you're not just telling a story, but you're like, you're, there's something you're trying to communicate that's even, you know, uh, deeper than just the story itself. That comes through really strong. Is that something you think about in your writing? Absolutely. Uh, you had covered it. And I think Daniel had said our, our art kind of carries over and transforms from our life. And so the love of society concept came from uh, when I first <laughs> when I first met my wife, uh, our, our marriage, we, we got married pretty fast, uh, admittedly. So I wouldn't if my daughter was doing the same route that we went, I would have some questions. <laughs> um, we she moved in with me after dating three months. We got married month four. She got pregnant month six. Anyway, um, there was a lot of connotations from both sides on her side of the family and on mine that weren't necessarily supporting. And I'm probably being nice when I say, say it that way. Um, so I always had questions in my head as far as when I write this. I wonder, is anybody else going through this? I wonder, is there, are we the only ones that have where the black side of the family is questioning if the Polish side is really in love or is it just about the papers or vice versa where her family's questioning? Uh, look, there's no question. I, I've, I've probably said this in the other podcast, but uh, my mother-in-law is a prime example of when Polish people come to Chicago to learn English, they watch the news. And unfortunately on the news, uh, the portrayal sometimes of the black American is a little aggressive. So, um, I wanted to put that out there and kind of have that as far as like, Hey, the, we're living this life. This isn't just some new special about mm -hmm. race relations. This is mm -hmm. everyday life. I can even tie it in the, um, Kasha's love purpose. One of the main, uh, things that got this idea in my head was when my wife and I were in Poland, a lot of them had never left the city that we were in and, they had a lot of questions about like where I was from, what, what tribe I got a lot of questions about what tribe I was from. Uh, and it made me wonder, it made me think about, man, in world war two, there had to be, it had to be, there had to be a, a black that loved the Polish. There had to be an Asian 
person that loved a Mexican. It just had to be. And I get that interracial marriage wasn't legal until 69. That doesn't mean that there wasn't love way before that. And so that that's what made me kind of have the concept of going back and forth to show the comparisons of how far we've come, but how similar we still are when it comes to love and interracial marriage. That's kind of the story of like Trevor's grandfather in the book, right? He yes. Like, I don't yes. know the whole story. No, you we hit don't it. want to that's, reveal the whole story. No, that, I mean, you hit it on the nail. That's, that's kind yeah. of what's happening to him. He, you know, obviously, it's almost like in the way it's described, because it's in the early parts of the book, right? It's mm -hmm. in the prologue going into the first chapter. It's almost like mm -hmm. he connects with her at first sight or something. He kind of recognizes something in her. Right uh, away. Very quickly, you know? And it's kind of like... When you read it, you're kind of like, okay, it's she's beautiful, but there's something deeper than that going on. Obviously, you know, you, oh yeah, you know, you see, well, we've all seen beautiful people, and you're like, oh, that's an attractive person, but something yeah. deeper happens, obviously, in him in the scene. He's almost kind of awestruck, yeah, in that moment, or like, uh, yeah, almost like kind of semi speechless or something, because something's happened between the two of them that's very profound that you're that you're capturing in that moment, and then they're yes. on completely opposite sides of, of a universe almost right mm -hmm. yeah the, mm -hmm. yeah the best part about that is to come full circle that scene is how the book begins that scene is where the book ends oh, so I see. Mm. it comes it, it all comes kind of full circle together and uh, i call it a treasure hunt of love because the reader is left with their choice of how this is all going to come about and how it comes back to relate to that particular moment uh between the one of the main characters, Charlie and Kasha. Yeah. So Charlie's like Trevor's grandfather, right? Who's sort yes. of another yes. like kind of like there's almost like two protagonists in the story, Trevor and Charlie, and then you know, Kasha too being kind of the third. Even more so, somebody asked me, is the book title a phrase or a question? Uh -huh. and I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> um just because if when you read it, um there is more purpose than just one. Um, and you are left as a reader to find out who you think the purpose is for Kasha. Mm -hmm. There's way more than one purpose and there's a lot of different layers to this. And keep in mind, there's different generations. Um, so the reader's left to, for their own imagination of what was Kasha's love purpose and was it just one or was it just one Kasha? Mm. Mm. okay <laughs> okay so todd let me ask you like you know and and you know sort of related to the to the you know to the book and this and then your own experience like mm -hmm. it's probably far too long for you know the, the the podcast but like you know can can you tell me how you guys have navigated some of the you know interracial societal kind of difficulties that you know, you guys have experienced in your lives. Cause I, I mean, I know you, I, I know you, you know, and we've right. talked about quite a bit of them, but you know, to kind of give people, again, this is like, in, like life inspiration, yielding right. a piece of art, you know? Um, you know what? I, I always had the platform of being colorblind when it came to relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, look, I'm not ignorant. I'm, I know there's the black culture, there's the Polish culture, there's the, American culture, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But my wife and I have always came in the foundation of what would we do if we were in their shoes as far as how we 
approach. If somebody comes to it, like, for example, I'll use, I use this example a lot when I'm trying to explain to people the reaction I get in, in Poland when I go. We went to her great uncle's house uh, one time in Poland, and he does, he obviously doesn't speak English, but he's never left the town. So we're sitting around the table. There's about 15 of us. And this guy is staring at me the whole meal through. And he says something in Polish and I was like, okay, obviously he's talking about me. Um, then he says something else. So I asked my wife, Hey, what was the conversation about? And he couldn't get over. He kept asking, what tribe is he from? How long do I live now? Here's where I call myself a little different or a, pharaoh when it comes to this my wife was all mad like oh he's acting he's acting ignorant he's asking ignorant questions but i was like well he's never left here right this is like an alien coming onto his land mm -hmm. right and instead of what most people do and we have this climate in the world right now where your first response is oh oh, oh he's racist oh i'm mad i everybody i hate everybody's racist uh, let's take a step back actually and instead think with a different mind frame, right? Not everybody's racist because somebody says something. And I feel like me and my wife, because we are in a two culture uh, marriage, we always had to acknowledge um, just to see one color, the way we raised our kids, um, the way to the, to the nail of the way we shoot, we named our kids Polish names because I knew in the community they were going to be seen as black. So I wanted to make sure my daughter's name was Anastasia and I wanted to name my son Dominic. And so that would strike up conversations. It, it, all, it does it now. My daughter's in college. She's in a predominantly black neighborhood and people are like, whoa, the name Anastasia. That gives her the platform to be like, well, my mom's from Poland. This is my other side of my culture. And um, I'm going to tie this back to the book here. Mm -hmm. um this was i i truly believe this was my wife and i's purpose in life was to we met because she was going to meet a black husband who was patient and who loved the culture enough to know that when people said bad stuff ignorantly about black people to take it for what it was um and to be a pillar I, I've, I've seen this. I always say, I don't know if I said this is Daniel. We probably laughed about this before, but um, I always tell people that our relationship works because when we are in a all Polish setting, I am not Southside Taishan. And what I mean by that is I, I've had friends who are in interracial relationships and when they show up, they become the angry black guy and they, they, and they sit in the corner and there's a, a, a certain aspect of, they're feeding into the stereotypes that people want to have. Whereas when I come into a room, I wanted to learn the language so there can be a communication. I wanted to be able to say hello in their language so they see I made the effort and there was a different mindset, right? I wanted them to have, yes, you're going to learn language on the news and you're going to see the bad, but I wanted them to have another person to look at as far as what was the purpose of our relationship. Um, and I felt like me and my wife, we have a lot, there's still a lot to do and we still have a lot of platform that goes into when we do our mission work in Kenya, um, that goes into our daughter's impact when she's going to make it to society, what our son's going to do, um, recognizing 
man, our kids are blessed. I'll be honest. And I feel like part of it is because my wife and I have set the foundation and the purpose of love. And I think they're, they're going to do something great in life because of what they've seen and because of how they've seen their parents go to Kenya and, and give their soul because they've seen their parents go to Poland and you got a hands a handful of African Kenyan babies. You got a handful of Poland babies and we treat them the same with the same love. So I think I answered, I think the question was how do we approach uh, that? I think we kind of, I think that's your question is basically our purpose. I mean, it could really be in those situations that people's hearts feel like they're in the right place too. They might just say it, tell you like, well, you're from this place mm-hmm. and she's from that place and you're just not going to understand each other or something. And that might be with people are saying that with all good intention, maybe, right. you know, it's not yeah, like no, they're that... trying to be, you know, they're trying to be protective almost or something. Maybe I, right? for sure. That was for sure. My family side. I know my dad was, Oh, you know, you're going to have difficulties. Uh, you don't, I mean, shoot, when we first met, I, I, my knowledge of Poland was zero to none. So uh, definitely a protection side, but again, because of the climate and a lot of people, it, it, it takes somebody to just take a step back and, and see it for that way, like you said, and not see it as a, oh, it, he, they're just hating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it is a truth. I mean, you can, uh, I don't know, it's a, such a, a painful subject, but there's no doubt that you could go to Poland or go to Russia or go to, and people will have racist attitudes. It's just a oh, truth, right? Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. just a truth. And uh, not even like there's any particular experience. Like you say, you're in a town, you've never met anyone, you know, uh, but you still like some of those things people still carry. Right. So you're, you're mm-hmm. kind of fighting up potentially, obviously, you know, your wife isn't that kind of person and other people are not going to be that way, but there are people who are going to have those attitudes. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's, so this question comes up and I don't even know sometimes how to, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard question around this, but um, I don't, I'll tell an anecdote and I'll see if it makes any sense. And if yep. it doesn't make any sense, then you could just tell me. <laughs> I was like, one of my experiences, I was like on a tour with my family driving through the South back when I was a teenager. And just by like the twist of fate, I was reading, I, I play guitar. You know, we're all musical folks here, so I play guitar. And I love Jimi Hendrix. Who doesn't? Who plays guitar? I was going to say, well, is there somebody who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. And I was reading, like, a biography of Hendrix as I'm on this road trip. And um, and there was a certain part in his life where he had this kind of tear in him where he had a connection to sort of Black community, Black culture. And then he also had his artistic expression of who he was. And he was trying to figure out ways of even balancing that out where he was like, okay, uh, you know, in what ways am I going to be a black artist? And in what ways am I going to be an artist overall? And what's the connection between those two things? And I think he felt some pressure even like to, you know, make sure that he was representing his roots from where he was from and not entirely always knowing how to do that. And as I was reading the book, I thought, well, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult pressure for someone, you know, to have to feel all of that, you know, and, uh, and so I, I feel like it's just such a, a, a complicated thing to, to be in. And then in part of your story, I felt like there's questions of identity going through like your whole story when I was listening to the podcast of like, how do you connect to these different parts of yourself? You talk about that even when you go to Africa, 
So it's kind of a big question, but I guess I'm throwing it out to you, like maybe in the biggest possible way. Were those things you thought about, you know, or did those like the people like did people ask you about that? Like how do you uh, connect all these different parts of your identity together or something? I I you I think it was more um That's a good question. I know it's a tough good question, and it's it's so <laughs> it's heavy. a weird one. And I was thinking, how do you even ask these kinds of questions because they're so deep, right? No, I I think part of the identity, I guess, questions would be, okay, so I married a Polish girl, right? I married a Polish woman. I'm in love with the Polish culture. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, how do you say, Polish traditions. Um, so I guess my question would be look in the mirror, making sure you're not losing, I guess, your culture you grew up with, or you're not ingraining your kids mm -hmm. with, um, uh, here's a, here's a tough topic. And, and I think maybe this can clear up a little bit of, so my mm -hmm. daughter went off to USC and, uh, I'm in a pretty suburban suburb, if, if you know what I mean. And she went off to USC and said that, daddy, you didn't give me the ultimate cultural experience. Now, I laughed at that because I was like, uh, your mom is Polish and your dad is black. I'm not sure how much cultural infusion you can get, but I got what <laughs> she was saying as far as, yeah. um, I guess, the black culture life she was trying to insinuate that I didn't give her. And so that's when... I kind of look in the mirror and go, okay, what does she mean by that? Like, what does she not get? Um, and it's a, it's like you said, it's a confusing identity where it, this is what my dad had talked about. Hey, your kids aren't going to have an identity because they're going to be black and who are they going to associate with? And then are they going to associate with the Polish? Um, and I feel like that's a, a job for uh, me and my wife did a good job overall of, be good people, uh, do both cultures. Um, obviously, if you are feeling hate from one side or the other, they're hating on both sides, really. Um, and then I think another side of this topic is whenever I am in a Polish setting, for example, we went to a play last week that was a Polish play about a young World War II uh, soldier who passed away, but he was a poet. Whenever I go to something like that, there's no doubt the elephant in the room is I'm the black guy that knows a little Polish, right? Mm -hmm. And I get the reaction is still the same. First, they like, okay, hey, everything is in Polish. Do you know that? Do you know that? Are you sure you know that? And I understand that. And so me trying to make the identity of, of hey, don't just see me as black Todd, see me as Todd, kind of. That's also why some people ask me why I didn't put my picture on the book. I didn't want them to pick up the book, look in the back and go, oh, hey, this black guy's writing a story about some girl named Kasia or, or about the Polish culture. I wanted them to pick up the book, read the storyline, see what it was about, open it. And then when you get done at the end of the book, there's pictures of me and my wife in Poland with the kids, mm -hmm. hanging out with the grandparents. Uh, and what it does is you get done reading a book, you have images, you have the feelings you have, the emotions of the book in your soul. And then you flip and you see me and my wife and the kids and it, it just kind of 
pulls the book together. Yeah, one you of know, the things that hit, oh, sorry, Daniel. Yeah, so like I think this is an interesting part of the conversation, you know, um, and it's really like you know, so so Eric and I, you know, study East Asian philosophy and spiritual practice. Okay, this is not what we were raised with, mm-hmm. right? We were raised, you know, more on the Catholic side of things, right? And yet we have drifted voluntarily over to the things that we find that have more meaning for us, right? And, you know, myself personally, like I'm not full, I'm not full Arab. I'm half, you know, the other half is like Italian and Polish. And my last name is Polish. So, and my grandmother spoke Polish. Like I'm, you know, believe me, like pierogies, chagnina and like, you know, all the stuff. That's that's what I'm used to. All the holidays, you know. Dill dill on everything was my experience. Dill on everything. You know, (laughs) Nana, babushkas, all the, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things, right? So, but I identify with the Palestinian side, with the Arab side, because growing up, that had the strongest amount of culture that spoke to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I drifted towards that. So I know far more Arabic than I know anything else, you know? And that's when I go out to eat. Like, I prefer to eat that food. What what do I identify as? I identify as that because that's who I believe that myself is or am, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I hear, like, you know, your daughter say these kinds of, you know, ask you this kind of question. I'm sure that she's not the only one who gets that. You know, there's a lot of right. people in mixed cultures, mixed race households, so on and so forth, which is good. That's that means we're moving forward. Right. Um, but then it, it also shows that like whatever you identify as, that's your culture. Like that right. is your culture because there's something there that like taps into your soul that allows mm-hmm. you to feel like I'm at home here. You know, mm-hmm. like you were looking for a place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it is like, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like bad, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to just say what I'm going to just say what I want to say. Like the the current culture, you know, in the African-American community is current. And mm-hmm. it's it, since since they've been here, you know, post, you know, like slavery and, 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 and on. But this doesn't account for all the time where they were in existence before that long, long, right. long, long, way longer than just 400 years before that. And the. Right. Uh, the, the Polish culture, the Russian, what any culture that you can tap into, you that's that's been in existence and, and, and evolving, of course, but it, it has deep, it has deep roots. And so like, you know, you and I have talked about this and going back to Kenya, you know, and a 23ME is a new technology. Yeah. But before yeah. that, how would how would one person know where they were from? I mean, I know what my my family speaks. Right. right. They speak Arabic. They make Arabic food. They lived in another country. Then they came here. We go, OK. Right. But if they were all, always born here and never knew where they were from, how would I to be as an American who was looking for actual culture, like right. a language and food and customs and religion and whatever? How would I find my way through? How would I find a way that feels like home for me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and I don't know how it is for you, but when I'm around like my family, stuff, I, I almost feel more of myself. And like, I know people just by the little jokes that are intercultural jokes that you can only get when you really understand it. You know what I'm saying? Um, And it feels, it feels good. So, you know, for your, you know, just for your daughter's sake, it's like you showed her the culture that you, that brought you peace, you know, that gives you excitement. And um, I, I, you know, I I hope that, that this conversation can kind of like give people some feeling that like whatever you identify as, Right. If that makes you feel more whole, then that's where you should move towards, you know, whatever it is. And well, that's actually, I've never looked at it that way until you just said it that way. And 
you both covered it at the beginning as far as identity. When I met my wife, my identity, really, culture, and basically everything that I knew was football and sport. That was that was my family culture. That's all we did. It, it wasn't just, obviously, you talk about hip-hop, you talk about music, you talk about the arts or whatever, but mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. what I, and so when I left sport and I did not want to do the sport anymore, there was definitely a lostness as far as searching for culture. Mm. And of course, there goes my wife smashing me with the Polish culture. And there was definitely, I'm not going to say, a, I, I, you probably can use the word savior moment, but I feel like my wife saved me at the time that we met and mm. me being saved by her, the culture came with it. Mm. Um, I, I always, people go, man, how, what's the one thing as far as the culture and the interracial marriage, how, what's the one thing that has made your marriage? I, I think we have a good marriage. I'm not going to lie. What's, what's the one thing that's made it good. And I have said, because I fell in love with not just her, I fell in love with her culture mm. and that has made our relationship. I promise that has been the strongest part as far as she is a strong, she has a strong, rich culture. And I just slid into that to the point now where I think my mother-in-law likes me a little better than her, but that's just <laughs> Which from our <laughs> conversations is a, is a huge shift, by the way, for people it, it, who don't oh, know. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this yeah. is like, you know, that's a, that's a big, I didn't want to bring it up on here, but I'm glad you did. That's a big admission, man. So that's good. No, I, my mother-in-law definitely, um, she was at my first book signing two weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. and you can feel the, like, yeah, that's my, that's my son-in-law. You can feel, right? you can feel it. So, yeah. uh, we've that's definitely awesome, come man. a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder about it in our thing, because, you know, for Daniel and I, we do a lot of stuff that's like outside of our, you know, our, our roots. And mm -hmm. it's never like, I'm going to reject, I'm, I don't reject the places that, you know, my Polish roots and my Eastern European, I'm not rejecting them. But I get what Daniel's saying. There are other parts of things that just spoke to me, right? You know, mm -hmm. but like the thing that you know, I think a lot, a lot. It's kind of like a major question of this podcast, and the funny way underneath the surface is that, like, I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm not Tibetan. <laughs> I'm not Chinese. I'm not going to pretend to be, you know, uh, that mm -hmm. would feel artificial to me. Um, and whatever the version is that's being produced by Daniel interacting with this coming for he comes from or me interacting with these things is going to be something that's sort of new, right? It's kind of like jazz or something, right? Like a whole bunch of music comes together and then you got jazz, <laughs> right? It's a lot of things coming. It's going to be something new. Right. So I would imagine for your daughter, and I think about this with you, with my kids too, it's just going to be something new. Something new got created here, right? Well, because Eric, you have a daughter in college too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was when I was listening to your interview, Todd. I was like, "She's twenty. Oh, <laughs> she's boy. at Northwestern, same yeah, deal, oh, and she's trying oh, to man. find her space. And it's not easy to find mm -hmm. your space in a new place, right?" Oh man, and, and imagine so. Mine's nineteen, sophomore in Hollywood of all places at USC, mm -hmm. and uh, Todd, you're gonna just... mention she does modeling too. So. She, uh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's in. Yes. Oh, okay, good for her. The we we have a beautiful mix. And uh -huh. she models and it's just, um, she's got a strong, 
uh, will. And I, I, I feel like, and it's so weird because I, I ran off when it was my dad and them and tried to find myself and found my wife. And I feel like I'm looking at her the same way. Probably my parents looked at me like, Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, he's crazy. What is wrong with him? Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just a generational learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm positive, uh, because she's going to look up and go, man, I had mom and dad the whole time there and her foundation, uh, will be, she's not only one culture, but she's been blessed and enriched with two. So mm-hmm. I hope, I hope, I hope, I know, right. I know you probably have hopes for your kids too. You never know, but I hope. Well, you get this foundation going and like, you're always like, you know, you do have a foundation. Mm-hmm. If it's coming from these multiple places, that's a foundation, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 We, we, we took, so uh, I, one of our family trips was to Kenya. Um, both of them were affected differently, my son and her. Um, and so, Again, we they've been able to see both. We've taken them to Poland. My daughter knows Polish. So I, I think what she will eventually come to is what I feel like I have. When she realizes how beautiful she is, obviously, but the fact that she can speak Polish and her and, and what she looks like, the avenues that she can get into and the impact she can make. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm hoping she can see it. Well, we, yeah. you know, we, we tend to, to trash our culture on here, you know, on the American <laughs> culture and <laughs> right- appropriately critical. Yeah, rightfully <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, appropriately no. critical. He's being love- nice, appropriately critical. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Love, it, love against society. I think it's going to be like the tagline for our there show. We might steal it from your book. Right. That's what it but, is. But yeah. if I can give credit, is that like we do live in a very kind of open space where mm. you could have a, a a guy from Southern California meet a Polish woman and be completely ingrained in the culture and that be supported by the community that you have found here and that you have created right. here. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. me as a, you know an American born first generation, you know, Palestinian descendant can learn my own culture and then be able to have I don't know, connection with so many different things in 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 and, in and around my neighborhood. I don't I'm not even like going across the world to do this. And then to be able to talk all about it, to me, that is like that's probably the greatest aspect of this is the openness. Now, that leave with no boundaries, well then you don't have any boundaries. So shit can go off the rails, you know. But from a positive note, if you take that kind of like open, I guess, aspect of the culture, if you really plug yourself in somewhere, the opportunities for you to be in something are really only limited by your own imagination. For sure. For sure. Trust me, no, I, it wouldn't, if you, if I was limited to what people would have told me, I definitely, there's been plenty of times where, uh, and my, my wife is sitting here now, <laughs> Hi, Kasha. Hey. Uh, there's been plenty of times where uh, we did something in the Polish community and I'm sure there was like hey as a black guy should you take that step um, but confidently I've done enough I feel like like Daniel said um, I am very backed by the community because they see the love in exchange um, so uh, I, I definitely can feel that at heart Daniel 
Yeah, but one of the things I think, well, I guess we'll all kind of throw a two cents in this. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah. So one of the things I think about like love, when you really look at love between people, it is kind of a little, little mysterious, right? You know, why it is that two people connect the way they do. And it's obviously in your in your book, Todd, because mm -hmm. this Charlie moment with Kasha there. And the first thing is like, how do these two people connect in this way? But something happens, you know? And if you're going to be a little Asian philosophy, there's some kind of karmic bond between these two people, even though they might be on different sides of the planet, you know? Mm -hmm. And so these, so you never know where love is going to strike. <laughs> you yeah, never oh. know where it's going to strike. And I think to be able to follow it when it strikes, sometimes you have to kind of like go outside the comfort zone or go outside the box, you know, and it yeah. almost feels to me like that might be part of the purpose, right. To pull people out of their comfort zone in some ways, you know, and maybe it's sad because some people won't follow that, but maybe if you do follow it, it leads you to someplace great and new. I, I don't, does that vibe with any of y'all? <laughs> yeah, no. And, and uh, again, I, I won't repeat it to say that I feel like I'm crazy, but that definitely is our our purpose. Uh, I'm sure in subconsciously way, my wife has changed some minds um, just by showing our relationship. Mm. Um, maybe by instead of responding to someone maybe not being accepting to our relationship, she responds with love and it kind of, makes them throw it down a little bit mm. and breaks down that negative barrier because I'm not sure if somebody, even when you're being mean or you're showing disrespect responds with elegance and love. I'm not sure there's nothing you can do. Or, or even if you, even if you, you can't respond with negativity if somebody's like that to you. So you just have no response at all. In a lot of cases, I feel, um, for example, I, th I think I was telling you, we went to a play and again, these guys and women are actors and they, as much as I'm staring at them and admiring the art and what they were doing on stage, they are staring at me and admiring the fact that I am sitting here at this all Polish World War II poem and show. And so there's a mutual, I can feel it. I can feel a lot of times uh, my wife will get smiles or there'll be a surprise if I say hello in Polish or a lot of times I'm hungry or I need to know where the bathroom is. Mm -hmm. Again, those are simple gestures, but um, I think Polish people feel like I would have never, when they see me, I think there's a assumption that I would have never taken the time to at least learn that basic. Mm. Well, Todd, as we, you know, we have a few minutes left here. I, I wanted to kind of, um, Ask, you know, talk about since since you've, you know, written this book and you're, you know, it's out and you're doing, you know, you're kind of promoting it. What what has the response been? How has it um, shaped your guys' experience and your, you know, your life and everything? Uh, so the, 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 this is the theme of this book, uh, obviously, is love. Uh, but in the book, when the main character is following, following his love, uh, good things just keep happening. And that has been true since this book has come out. Mm. Um, I, like I was telling you, my business is on a waiting list. My son just had one of the best seasons of his life in football. My daughter is 
doing very well in modeling, getting straight at USC. My wife's business is booming. I mean, we can't, we went from like, oh man, I don't know about our future to feeling pretty good. Uh, the response has been very good. I think surprise. <laughs> um, I think on an overall, if you look at me, the shell comes off as tough, but I think a lot of people have been surprised, the ones that have finished it. And uh, right now, um, as we speak, it's being translated into Polish. And so for every book that I have sold, there has been at least two Polish people asking, when is it out in Polish? Mm. And so I think that's going to be, um, we talked about the platform here of this book and the platform that this gives me and my wife. I know that this platform is going to be strong when this book comes out in Polish, because uh, here's a great example, Daniel. Uh, I've haven't talked to you since then, Um was the it, lady that that was at your wife's birthday party, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The lady that is uh, translating my um, book in Polish, we always have these awkward conversations because she said, "Man, there's just not a book like this in Polish. There's not words." I use the word "Black American" a lot, and she goes, "That's just not in our dictionary." Mm -hmm. And so she has to change it around. And so she comes, she calls me one day, and this is when I was like, "Whoa, this could have some impact." She calls me and she goes, hey, um, I don't know how to say this because I don't want to be disrespectful. And I said, look, at this point, I think we're past that. Sure. So, so she goes, well, there aren't any artists like you that are translating books into Polish, so it's hard for me to find reference. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, uh, I looked up like top books that have been translated and there's only three black people who have done it. And I was like, okay, well, Let's use that. And she goes, well, uh, it's Barack Obama, uh, <laughs> uh, Nelson Mandela. And I, I believe the I forgot who the third one was. I believe it was uh, Tina Turner. And <laughs> so I, I, I she and I was like, well, I'm, I'm sure there's more. And she goes, no, Todd, that, that's what I mean is. Those people's books were because Tina Turner was just happened to be popular in Polish. And right. so when she wrote a book, there was a need or a want. Um, Obama just happened to be worldly so that that happened and Nelson Mandela just happened to be worldly but she goes what I'm trying to say is there's no basic basic guys <laughs> no basic authors or no guys that aren't presidents ex-presidents or ex-leaders or ex-rock stars that are writing books like this and so, so she's looking at your actual prose and your actual writing going okay how do I do this right I, like not only that I, technical problems well too, right? she even had us yeah. she she had us yes there's some um there's some words that I said you just have to put it even if it's uncomfortable because of the atmosphere that the Polish people are seeing they're like well you can't put this in the book and I'm like yes you can I wrote I wrote that in the American mm -hmm. way but when you translate it it comes off differently right and so I feel like when this book comes out in Polish and I'm able to have the same love and respect and atmosphere that i'm giving i think it's our, our the platform's just going to get bigger uh especially when she puts it like that right like if, if you i just said did you know you just put me in the same sentence as nelson mandela and barack obama i'm feeling pretty big right now i don't know about you but I'm, <laughs> uh, even tina turner's pretty great man know? i think i'll take it I'll take, <laughs> take the tina turner one <laughs> <laughs> um but i uh, as far as how the book's being received um surprise in a good way Mm. Uh, I'm a lot of love and I feel like um, the translation into Polish is just going to take it to the next level.
it's a good movie premise really yeah i the end game man see we we think like that spiritually daniel the end game is when it comes out in the polish uh i am going to do the same way i got to publish this i'm going to send it to every polish director that i can get the hands into and uh we're going to poland in spring to do a book signing Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, my goal is, or uh, my hope is, the platform when we go to Poland, uh, it just spreads, and then I can get in contact and use that mm. as a leverage to, like, yo, not only is this a once in a lifetime cultural book in their world because they just don't see it, but it could be a show too, because it comes off stronger. Uh, like for example, I was I'm supposed to go on the Polish radio. And the guy was like, uh, man, we got to make sure our cameras are working because I don't think people would understand unless they see you. So I think that impact will make a big difference. It's kind of like, uh, um, I mean, imagine when you're doing Zooms uh, uh, to Poland or something like that, and people are going to mm-hmm. hear you talking Polish. It's just going to be a trip for them. There can be this guy. That's oh, I, talking, he's talking that, Polish that's, to us. That's in, you know? Well, think about, yeah. think about it. That's in Poland. Over yeah. here, they over here they do that. They yeah. even the Polish people that are here. I'm like, man, you know, you guys are in Chicago, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. They react like that, but the ones in Poland, it's like, <gasps> yeah, we get the so same there. reaction every time. Yeah, yeah, talking about your book there, telling this story. Yeah, not to be too calculating, but like the backstory, your backstory of the book is pretty fascinating. So yes. you know, it's another reason for someone to make uh, a movie out of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Combination. Yeah. So Combination. Crossed, right? E- you know? Easy, right. easy sale. <laughs> yeah. As fingers they say, crossed. from your mouth to God's ear. Yeah. Oh yes. man, please, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> make it, make it do a Netflix series. You know, I'm all, do, I'm all about six it. episodes on it. <laughs> I was like, I'll take, I'll take a Hallmark film. Whatever. Man, I'll take all everything you just said. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, story deserves to be told. It should be told, well, I'm, right? I'm uh-huh. learning. I'm the the closer it gets to those moments, I'm trying to be prepared. And the more Polish I know, the better. Mm. This is like a little tiny point, Todd. But just to throw it out. I have you thought about doing this an audiobook in English too? Yeah. Does uh, that yes. cross your mind? Uh, yes. The so I have to take the time out to do the audiobook, um, because they gave me a sample of what it would sound like. Um, and I feel like I would be able to represent what I want the tone, uh, what I want the voices, um, just small finute points on the audio is a little harder, but I am planning on doing that. I got to block off like a whole week and just sit down and, um, and also too, it's actually a really funny experience because I don't take myself too seriously. And when you're reading a book out loud and just something comes across your head, it's, it's, it's a pretty funny experience. So um, I think the publishing company, if, if I get to the point where it's like, Hey, you need an audio and you need to do it. I will just have them put in their template system to do it. Uh, But yeah, that is in the process. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, I hope that happens for you, man. I'm, I'm, you know, listen, I, you know, I've known Todd. How long have I known you for? Ten years at least, for sure. Man, long, yeah, 2012. 12. Man, that's a long time. But I, I <laughs> can third. say, you know, Todd, since I've known him, has been learning Polish, um, the entire time. Not just, re- not just speaking, but writing and reading as well. 
Uh, Todd always, always walks around with a notebook. Uh, Todd's always writing. He's always in his craft. He's, you know, he's, he's in it and it's, he doesn't, you know, he writes journals, does everything. So like this, this man, he, he lives this, this is a thorough, this is his thing. This is who he is, you know? And I, and, you know, I'm glad to, I'm glad to have you on um, because it's, Appreciate it's, you. uh, you know, I like, I like showing you to people that there's, there's yeah. people like this who do this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. are real, are real people. You yeah. know, like that's the part have... where we try to be inspiring, right? To say, hey, look, here's somebody doing yeah. this thing. Yeah. You know, maybe it dings some bells in other people's heads to go, hey, I could maybe take some part of my story that's unique or something. Maybe I can share parts of myself too. Already, already. A lot of yeah. people, and <laughs> in one way or the other, a lot of people over the last few weeks since it came out have been like, you know what? I've always wanted to write a book and I'm just do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Mm. Mm. At the same time, I'm like inspired because I'm halfway through my own book about love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got one too. And I'm writing, so I'm in it and I was just sharing it with some people recently and like mm-hmm. getting some decent feedback on it. And I was like, then I, you know, Daniel told me we're going to do this interview. And I was like, okay, I feel inspired by what this guy is doing. <laughs> no such thing as coincidences. Yes, that's right. <laughs> no such thing. I should hear that book. I should, I should read that book. When you're done with it, I want to read it, and we'll come back in full circle and talk about your book. We'll, nice. we'll swap it, right? There it is. You can get translated into Polish. I have there, a Polish. Oh, oh, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yes, that's gonna be my new business: getting books translated into Polish. In low key, you might might be all right, man. You know. Yeah, I. Yeah. You know. You started it first. You had the idea here first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, before we wrap it up, um, Eric, I'm going to give it to you first, Todd. Is there anything else, you know, that you would like to to share that we didn't get a chance to get to, you know, people who haven't heard it before or whatever, you know, whatever the floor, the floor is yours. Um, ah, oh, man, I appreciate you. I'm all about love. That's what you're going to get when uh, you read this book. I hope you can, uh, while it's fiction, there's a lot of true stories and experiences from my wife and I. And uh, if we can motivate one person, like you said, to write a book or to love or to, hey, if I can motivate one person to pick up a Polish book and learn Polish, um, I'm all about that. I'm hoping um, this book gives us the platform to do even more. Uh, I feel like me and my wife are bound for a lot more. And uh, if you want to see the book, Cautious Love Purpose, Amazon.com. uh, Eloquent Books New York is my publishing company. Um, I'm on Facebook. I do a lot of <laughs> Todd Love Ball Jr. on Facebook. I'll leave. Um, I'll leave some links in the description. Yes, sir. People, there you go. Get a, people get a yep. hold of you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Do you? All right, bro. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you about that. All that, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we, well, you know, it's always we're always happy to have you on. You know, that's you know, anytime, man. You're always welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, Eric. I just, uh, you know. I, Thanks for doing something inspiring for people. And uh, and I think the point you're making is sometimes something we bring up too. Uh, there's a Joseph Campbell, Daniel Nike, Daniel Nike. Daniel and I like to reference him occasionally, who has this mm-hmm. thing, follow your bliss. Mm-hmm. And like, you're kind of like almost saying, if you follow your love, who knows where that might go, right? That's part of the message of the book, you know? So thanks Absolutely. for such a passion-inspired thing and uh, for sharing it with us. Thanks so much for coming on top. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Yeah, of course. And, and, and I think the other part, for me, is it like, you know, even though we're, we're, we're focusing on, on your book, the experience of, you know, you and your wife and love in general, creativity, we've, we've talked about so much, you know, like cross-cultural experiences, interracial, intercultural kind of, 
you know, love, but then another part that we probably we talked about specifically, but I think I want to just take one more moment and highlight it is this idea of identity, mm-hmm. you know, that yes. like what we believe to be parts of ourselves, where we believe to be those, those parts to be at it and what we put our energy into, you know, that's who we identify as. And I know, you know, culturally, we don't really dive into this too much. Cause we like to, you know, I don't, I don't want to be on either side of the battle, but like, you know, if somebody feels something in their heart and they, they're, they're in love with that thing, then that that's who they are, you know, regardless of how it looks on the outside, whether it's accepted or not accepted or, you know, whatever the case is, if someone does something with love and with an open heart, then who is anybody to say anything, you know, against it? So long as they're not like harming, right? right. Obviously, you know, you can't like, right. oh, I, I want to kill every bird I see. That's, you know, that's <laughs> <laughs> right. then they put you in the crazy house. That, that's <laughs> not, that's not a great love. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a great love, <laughs> right. but that's right. a swing and a miss on that one. Yeah. yeah but yeah, you know, yeah. like, but like really and truly, you know, we do live in this culture where like openness is the whole, right. Freedom, right. Everybody mm-hmm. loves freedom. We love yeah. being free, whatever that means, you know, but like, for me, in a practical sense, the, the freedom to choose, the ability to do whatever you want, become whoever you want, literally, even if it's mm-hmm. cross culture, cross gender, cross whatever, you know, yep. then yep. you do you, you do your thing. You and if that's you. who you are, and and like like you, Todd, and your wife, like if your life is an expression of love, then who is anybody to say anything other than, damn, that's good, you know? Absolutely. Nothing wrong with being obsessed with your wife. No, no. Or your husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, right. you know, just yeah. make sure they're obsessed with the love of your life. Yeah. That's to be your dogs. <laughs> right. Or your cats or your birds or your fish, whatever. All, all day. And, you know, or spirituality, right? Yes. Or, yep. you know, or God, right? Because like mm-hmm. we, we talked, we didn't get into this this time, but maybe, you know, when you come on again, Todd, you know, yeah. we were just talking about, you know, connection, like love connection as a, as a means to connect with the divine. Yes, and uh, you know we didn't get it. There's no time to do do, do justice to it, so we'll, we'll leave it for right. now. But maybe maybe Another next segment. time you come on, uh, yes, we can. I gotta I gotta come back now. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I and and I I you know didn't do it on purpose, but kind of you yeah. know like I, I you know <laughs> sure. I really really because because I know how committed you guys are. You know just mm-hmm. to, to to like being in love, actually not just like loving, but being in love. Right. Um, yes. That like that's a I different. Love, go ahead. You no, know, you're right. It's a difference. The way you said it, the strength in it is a different. Yeah. And I you would love, love somebody. I say it all the time. I don't just love you. I'm in love with you. So yeah. 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 And and I know I'm sure, you know, we're going to start doing more uh, episodes on relationships and stuff like that. So I'd love to talk to somebody who doesn't necessarily have like a, 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 a spiritual practice in a sense. Like, it's not like you have a certain thing that you do, but that like your love is your spiritual practice, you yes. know? And I, yes. and I would, and I would, you know, using love. Uh, I would I would love to be able to kind of to talk to you about that because to me it's like a very tangible way that people don't have to sit down and they're you're not like I mean you're doing some meditation in your own life but you don't have you know you don't have like an altar and mm-hmm. and prayer beads you're not burning incense you're not praying right. to whomever you know what I mean like <laughs> right you know what I'm saying right. like this is you're living it you're you're mm-hmm. allowing the love that you have for you and your wife to kind of just blossom and grow and you're investing in that as like your own spiritual practice. So, you know, when you come on again, um, not if, but when, I would love to be able to kind of go into this and um, I don't want to put words in Eric's mouth, but you know. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's Uh, fine. Yes. I'll come with all my stories as an ordained minister, all the weddings I've done. That see, (laughs) that's a whole episode right there. That's That's a whole (laughs) check. For sure, yeah. <laughs> no, but like it's it's kind of like that thing of like there's multiple. I mean, and this has grown over the course of our doing this podcast too. There's yeah. like uh, 
multiple ways to find your way to your own spirit and to find yeah. your way to the the source of everything or to find find your way to the divine. There's all kinds of ways to do this, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, family. Well, until until next yeah. time. So until next uh, time, fellas. Todd, thank you for joining us yeah. today. Yes, um, Eric, as always, thanks for being here. Audience, thank you for Eric, listening you. or watching or however you catch us. If you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Um, Love always wins. Yes, it does. Po uh, if you're listening to us, um, we get about half our listeners on Apple Podcasts. So if you listen to us on Apple, go ahead and, and uh, leave us a review. It definitely helps out the show. If you enjoyed our content today, please feel free and obliged, if you will, even obligated to uh to, to share you know with uh friends family and otherwise i will leave links to todd's contact info in the link of the description uh, or the podcast or depending on you know how you're consuming it uh yeah and just thank everybody for listening whether you're in the in the u.s or or worldwide we do have a bit of our audience overseas and so we're expecting we, a, hey, a larger poland. audience in poland <laughs> that's right yeah we want to grow that polish audience todd. <laughs> yeah. we, you know. it's coming it's coming good <laughs> so, all right well thank everybody right. for, for uh being here today and we'll catch you on the next one all right fam peace i want you to get together i want you to get I want you to get together I want you to get together